Thank you, Father, for your love, for this time, this opportunity. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood, your empowering blood, your holy, precious spirit that fills us, empowers our lives to obey you, to live in you, to fulfill what you put us on this earth for. I thank you for this time and for everyone listening. I bless them and pray they would receive and believe what you want to do in them today. Thank you, Jesus, for everything. Thank you, Father. Amen. I just want to thank you for joining uh, the show. Welcome to the, the Truth Produces Freedom podcast. This is your host, Jonah, and I'm broadcasting from Michigan City, Indiana right now. Um, we've been in a series of untwisting scriptures that people twist for destruction uh, and unveiling the truth that makes us free. Jesus said truth produces freedom. It makes us free. And people twist scripture to produce destruction and less than the gospel, less than freedom. And so that's been the, the focus of this season. And um, the last episode we dug into uh, the story of Peter and his sin that he experienced in that moment and got went through all that um and this episode we're going to dig into a scripture in james chapter 3. Um, james 3 james chapter 3 verse 2. Uh, it's another verse that we should examine and uh, it's where it's where james says we all stumble in many ways so this is a phrase people use um and and twist they rip out of its context um to preach sinfulness um and remaining in sin identity so let's let's first look i'm going to break it down and, and explain what's going on here and show that it's not debunking the freedom from sin we have it, it's just crazy how people rip one-liners out out of their context and fight against the 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 rest of scripture like as a whole and all the teachings they take a few phrases out of their context and fight against the rest of Scripture. It's just crazy. But anyway, let's first look. Uh, yeah, first we'll look at the full passage and the context. I am going to read a decent amount, a decent portion of it, just because it's important to see. So we'll start at the beginning of James three, down to verse twelve. It says this: My brethren, let not many many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind but no man can tame the tongue it is an unruly evil 
full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. So I just wanted to read the whole passage passage, because it's really important to the context of this phrase. James tells his readers that people shouldn't hastily desire to be teachers, because teachers will receive an even stricter judgment. And also, that they should be cautious in this pursuit of becoming teachers because we teachers, he said, we all stumble in many things. The we here is teachers. People rip this passage out or this phrase out and say, see, we all stumble in many ways, man. We all sin. We all fail all the time. We're always going to sin. That's not what he said. He said, we as in teachers that's the context you should not you should be cautious and not um, carelessly desire and pursue becoming teachers because we teachers stumble in many things but if anyone does not stumble in word he is a perfect man he's talking about the tongue he's talking about teachers he's talking about the words we speak he's talking about the tongue so track with me. So that's the context. Notice that he is directly talking about teaching and our words. That is the kind of stumbling that he is referring to. He is not saying we all sin, we sin all the time, or that's what he would have said. And it wouldn't be true because it wouldn't be in the Bible because that's not what the Bible teaches at all. So he, he does not say we all sin in many ways. He didn't say we all sin in many ways. He said stumble in many ways. He didn't say we all sin every day all the time. Like many would twist this in order to make it look like James is preaching that we are sinners and are always doomed to sin. James is not teaching sin consciousness. That is not what is happening here. The Bible does not teach that at all. Ever. So after this, James goes into his teaching about the tongue and how powerful it is. He says of the tongue that with it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who are made in God's likeness. And he uh, that stuck out to me right now, uh, talking about it, because that's who we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be like God. We're supposed to be in His image. Just on while we're on the subject, that's so relevant. So he says of the tongue that it was that with it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who were made in God's likeness. And he says that from the same mouth come blessing and cursing, right? So he, st he says this is the common thing that happens in this world, okay? But, but after these words, right after he says that, he finishes the teaching by saying that it shouldn't, did you catch it? It shouldn't be this way. He said this, it, this should not be. James is saying that this may be common, and again, this is in the context of the tongue, teachers, and all that. 
And so I'm keeping it in that context, but still, even if you were trying to say, oh, people sin, blah, 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 like we all sin, blah, 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 he said it shouldn't be this way. But that's not even the context of what he's talking about anyway. He's specifically targeting teaching, our words, our tongues, okay? And so he says, my brothers, this should not be, okay? This is not okay, not normal. James is saying that this may be this may be common. He is saying that this may be common, but it is not the norm, and it is not what we were created for. It is it should not be this way. And when when he says we, when he says we, he isn't saying this is how it is and how it is always going to be, and no one can ever be changed. That that absolutely is not what he is preaching. He is saying we, as in the state of human beings. And that which is far too common. But he says that it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be that way. It may be common, but it is not how it is supposed to be. And should not be accepted as normal. He is actually saying that though this is so common, it is not the design of God or what we were made for. And he is calling his readers to repentance in this area and for them to let God tame their tongues. That's the whole point. He is teaching that this is not normal or how it is supposed to be. And as believers, we should not be engaging with things like this. He talks about how he talks about how a spring does not send forth fresh water and bitter from the same place. You can't have fresh water and salt water. No from the same place. No spring yields both salt water and fresh water. He is comparing this picture of salt and fresh water. He's comparing it to blessing and cursing coming from the same place, from an untamed tongue. It actually does not make sense to be happening. It is not natural. Something is not right. This is not God's design. He is saying that cursing and blessing from the same mouth are not natural. It actually doesn't make sense. They are not normal or okay as kingdom children of God. So there is no excuse for sinful behavior or sin consciousness based on anything in this passage. Absolutely not. Also, remember that in this very same book, he just declared before this in James 1, he just declared how we are supposed to be doers of the word and not hearers only. James isn't preaching in this, in James 3, he isn't preaching that you are doomed to keep sinning. That is not what he is teaching in his passage or in his letter, even in the slightest. He said that we must be doers of the word and not mere hearers who don't walk in the word and commandments. He, he said that we must be doers of the word, not those that just hear, but don't walk and do those things. When he said that we teachers, when he said teachers all stumble, I'm just going to say what, what he meant, when he said that teachers all stumble in many ways, he is talking about a very specific subject, which then leads him into his in-depth teaching about the tongue and how common the unbridled tongue is. But then he teaches how living unbridled is not how it is supposed to be. He also said that bridling this tongue is the key, 
the main factor for wholeness, completeness, and biblical perfection. That's what he said. The tongue is the start. And he said if we can learn not to stumble in word and bridle the tongue, better yet, if we let God bridle our tongue, if we let God bridle our tongues, that's the more correct way to look at it. But um, if we... Yeah, uh, if he's, he said if we can learn not to stumble in word and bridle the tongue through the power of God, let God bridle our tongues, then the whole body will align with that like a ship being steered by, the small, by a small rudder. The tongue is the starting point, the rudder of the ship, the most important part. The tongue possesses so much power, the power that will produce life or death. James is talking precisely about stumbling in our speech or teaching, not that we all sin and will continue to sin. That's not the subject. Now, you could argue, well, he's talking, the tongue, he's talking about sin with the tongue. Okay, yes, I'll, I'll give you that. But don't ignore the specifics of this, the context of this, and the things he clearly lays out in this. So just... Yeah, don't get too technical about this and understand what I'm saying. He's precisely talking about that when he says we all stumble in many th in, in many things. He's talking about he's talking about teaching and the tongue, the words and the tongue. So he's not saying we all sin and will continue to sin. That's not what he said. That's what he would have said if that's what he was trying to teach. And he wouldn't say everything else he said in in his letter and. It wouldn't even be in the Bible if he said that because it would be out of sync with everything else that is taught. So anyway, he he's precisely talking about that, about teaching and our speech. And he even goes on about he goes on about not stumbling and how if our tongue is tamed, then the whole body will be. And he talks about growing into maturity and into biblical perfection. Not earthly perfection, biblical perfection, which is wholeness, completeness. Um, and he, that's what he goes into, like he already taught, right? like he already touched on in James 1 before this passage, when he talks about going through trials and, and all that and leading to um, biblical perfection. But uh, I wanted to point out how he is directly referring to the, to the specific subject of teachers in the tongue. When he made the statement, that's what he's referring to, and also, uh, also what James means here is understood even more correctly when we read what Peter said about these sorts of things. Peter taught that we will never stumble if we see our purification from our former sins clearly and are not blinded or short-sighted to that truth. Remember Second Peter one. Mentioned it briefly in the last episode, talking about Peter, and we dug into it deeply in the first season. But Second Peter 1 says that we will never stumble if we see this, our identity clearly. If we see our purification from our former sins and are not blinded or short-sighted to that truth, that's what it teaches plainly. So James is not teaching sin identity or consciousness in this passage as we can clearly see when we look at the passage as a whole and the letter as a whole and what the Bible consistently teaches throughout. Um, before this chapter, in James, before James 3, 
He already taught about testing of faith that will produce steadfastness and how we need to let steadfastness have its full effect so that we can be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That's James 1, verses 2 through 4, that, that teaches that. And then he also taught that we are to put away all filthiness and all wickedness. And he told us to receive the implanted word that is already inside of us and talked about the man in the mirror and not forgetting our new identity. And he talked about how we are to be doers of the word and not mere hearers of the word. And that's in James 1 as well, verses 21 through 26. So he already laid these things out. That's what the problem. That, that's why it's such a big problem when people rip out verses out of context and don't look at it within the progression of the the letter. He already established these things before he gets to that point. So you can't just rip that out and debunk everything already established and then take it out of its con immediate context as well. It's foolish. So. Yeah, so he said those things in James 1 already, and he even, he even finishes that section with these words about how we actually are. So in James 1, in that last verse uh, uh, that I briefly mentioned, uh, some of the stuff he taught in there, James 1.26, he finishes that section with this. He finishes that section with, with words about how we actually are to bridle the tongue. He says this, James 1 26. Remember, this is before James 3. So we have to see that. We have to understand that. He said this, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives himself, this person's religion is worthless. Wow. So he already established that. He already told us that we must bridle our tongues. We, that's why we have to understand Scripture as a whole. We can't just rip out verses and teach this ridiculous stuff. We have to understand it as a whole and see how it progresses beginning to end. These are the letters. When I get a letter from someone or an email from someone, I don't just pick a random line halfway down the letter and rip it out and go, oh, they said this. And it's like, well, yeah, they did, but... It doesn't mean what you're trying to say it means because you ripped it out of its context. It's like taking a clip from a video of someone giving a speech and then claiming they said something that they didn't mean at all. Like if they could have been telling a story and saying something in first person, you know, or just, just an easy example of that. So anyway, he already told us that we, that we must bridle our tongues. And he said this before we even get to James 3. People ignore what James teaches throughout. And so then, actually, there's another verse after uh, verse 26 in, in, in chapter 1. It's verse 27. He says that, he says right after what I just quoted about how we're to bridle the tongue and says that the person who doesn't, their religion is worthless. So we're, expect, we're expected to bridle the tongue. James 3 is obviously talking about the common condition of man and that these things happen, but the norm and the way it's supposed to be and what we're called to be is to be those that have our tongue under control. If we don't, then our religious is worthless and we're self-deceived. So those common things are self-deception, not, not the way it's supposed to be in any way. So, so yeah, in verse 27, right after that, where he, where he says that, 
He says that pure and undefiled religion, so not worthless religion, like you just said, pure and undefiled religion is keeping oneself unstained from the world. <laughs> that's, that's what he says. So if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives, but deceives himself, deceives himself, this person's religion is worthless. But pure and undefiled religion is keeping oneself unstained from the world. He added more stuff in there too, but I'm just focusing on that because of the immediate subject. And so that, that is what we are called to. We are supposed to bridle our tongues and be unstained by the world. So the, these are the things, these things are already established before we read this verse in James 3 that people will twist or misread and think that he's saying that we're, that we're sinners and all that craziness. And we're always going to sin and we can't live free from sin. It's just craziness. But these things are already established and scriptures like this cannot stay twisted when we look at the full writing. You won't be tripped up by some of these phrases if you read the full writing. We are not self-deceived with unbridled tongues and with worthless religion. Blessing and cursing, fresh and salt water, from the same place, from the same mouth, is not normal or okay and doesn't make any sense. It's, it's actually against what is natural in creation yeah we can tame the tongue with God's strength and just as James says in, in the opening passage of the letter we can let the testing we can let the testing of our faith produce steadfastness to its fullest and be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. And this, this is spirit-empowered biblical perfection, not earthly perfection. Not this earthly perfection. People think perfection is unattainable. It means that you can never improve or ever get better. That's not what biblical perfection is at all. But we, he says, that we can let the testing of our faith produce steadfastness to its fullest and be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And we can look in the mirror and see who we truly are and be doers of the Word, doers of the implanted Word that is inside of us. That's what James teaches. So if you're, uh, I, I just, yeah. If you want to, I, I really would like to encourage you to read James now after looking at this and studying it and see those things in James 1 and 2 all the way leading to James 3 and then it all makes sense. That's the way the, it's supposed to be read. That's the way the Bible is supposed to be understood. Those things are already established before he says that phrase in James 3 and then he clarifies through it out, throughout it all. But anyway, I just wanted to... I wanted to untwist and share um, about James uh, 3, verse 2, um, and clarify that. Uh, this one isn't, isn't, doesn't come up uh, as often uh, as a lot of others, definitely not, but it's still one uh, that people like to point to. Um, 
and uh, yeah, I just wanted to break that down a little bit and go through those things. It's beautiful. It's beautiful just to to untwist these things and see the truth that makes us free, and then you're empowered by the reality of what the Bible's teaching and empowers you to walk in faith, walk in life and righteousness. And then you see the truth producing freedom in your life instead of looking and being deceived and destruction being produced and less than the gospel being produced, less than what God created being produced. Instead, you see the truth and you get to walk in freedom and liberty and express the creation of God, express what God created you for, express your design and true nature in him so that's all i have for you in this episode and uh yeah i'll see you next time god loves you so much jesus loves you so much he is god they're one in the same father son holy spirit they're all the same they're all one in the same um and uh yeah jesus loves you so much and i just bless you i bless you in jesus name Thanks again for joining this week's episode of the Truth Produces Freedom podcast. You can find me on Facebook at Jonah Smith Preachings and Teachings. You can comment, uh, send me a message if you have any questions or if there's anything you want me to uh, um, talk about on the show. Um, And uh, I'm also on WordPress blog uh, and I'm on YouTube as well. And those are going to be under uh, Truth Produces Freedom podcast. And you can get this podcast anywhere that you find podcasts. Uh, Please like, subscribe and share with people just so more people um, can get the podcast and hear um, the truth that's going to make them free. I just want to see people set free and walking in their identities. identities. So thank you so much for uh, joining and uh, may God bless you in Jesus' name.